This is the best of two pros in a cup of Joe with LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio. Don't it, don't it, don't it, don't it, don't it. Did you just see what I did with my microphone? I sure did. Don't it, don't it. Brady, 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 Brady. Berto, Berto, Berto. Lee, 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 Lee. And my bestie, Eddie, 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 Eddie. Guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Oh, day. There we go. Oh. Off and running. Off and running. Yeah. It is a hump day here on FSR. How's everybody feeling uh, midweek? Up, baby. Hump it up. Get a little bit of hip into your hump. Get a little hip into your hump. Wow. <laughs> yeah. By the way, did you find the cinnamon in the kitchen? Or are they still shorting you I've on that? I've been substituting with, with uh, hot chocolate. Oh. All right. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, so are you mixing the hot chocolate in the coffee? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Apparently that's a thing. I've never it heard is that a thing. No, no. Yes. My, my wife does that as well. She's trying to get me on that. I, but do you, so you normally use cinnamon? Is that what it is? I like to use cinnamon and I cannot lie. You other mother can't deny. <laughs> I, I do like to use a little cinnamon, but. Cinnamon's I, good for the heart, man. Yeah. It's good for the heart. I, yeah. But I like using hot chocolate too, so it works. It's, it's good. By the way, yeah. cinnamon, roll, either or. cinnamon rolls better than donuts. And I, and I and I'll and I'll fight anybody on that. Better than donuts. <sighs> Bottom line, fact. I would love if Lavar took a hard stance right now on that and just slapped you uh, like right now. That's nice. I guess we're promoting <laughs> violence on the show. That's good. I mean, I guess it, that's the way we do things. It, it, you just said you fight anyone. It is kind of slap worthy, though. I mean, you got to be honest. A, a, a fine donut definitely outweighs a cinnamon roll. I, just I was going to say, like, disagree. cinnamon rolls only have, like, one lane they can really be in, you know? Like, there's not a ton of variations of cinnamon oh, rolls. Listen, you, there's you a lot that. of different types of donuts. Well, when's the last time you had a cinnamon roll, Mr. Caviar, Gated Community, Fort Lauderdale Okay, guy. all right, you want right. to go there? Yeah. All right, hey, let me, there's, a, there's a place that used to be called Anderson's. It's actually out of business now. I grew up as a kid. My dad, on Sundays, Chopper would go in, grab, they were yeah. gigantic, they were well, they were very well iced. However, you have to come back, heat them up a little bit. Yeah. I will never forget that when I was little, uh, I had a football game. Like it's, I think at like 10 a.m. that morning. Oh, no. Yeah. And so he, he runs and goes grab some cinnamon rolls. And being the, you know, when you're a kid, you get excited for that kind of thing. I ate that thing as fast as you've ever seen. <laughs> Laid down for three minutes. All came right back out. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So that kind of ruined my experience for oh, cinnamon man. rolls for a while. Uh, but there's yeah. a place, uh, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Anderson. Anderson's growing up, uh, it was a great. Uh, I don't know if it's in business anymore. But <laughs> you know what, though, in all seriousness, Jonas is like a Cinnabon guy. Like he, he's the no, type but, of guy that will like but, champion but, cinnamon rolls, but then go with a completely commercialized spot like this Cinnabon. This is the yeah. problem. It's hard to find a, just a cinnamon roll place out here. It's mostly just Cinnabon. Like that's that's yeah, the problem. Maybe there's a reason for that, Jonas. Maybe because outside of Cinnabon, no one's been able to make a business out of it. Wow. <laughs> all right, I got. Yeah, I know there's plenty of attack. donut spots. Listen, look, man, you never played the game you don't know the cinnamon roll business like i do uh, right, you never uh, play uh, that uh, game uh, um yeah. all right i wonder so, if they'll have an owner stick up for uh you know the producers of the cinnamon buns, you know <laughs> possibly I mean? <laughs> uh, or, or a point that the cinnamon hey, bun hey. business was in a slump hey you just know? understand yeah. that that sometimes you know the nuts don't hit the cinnamon bun the way that it's supposed to hit it and careful uh, well oh geez all right well Bit ruin. Let's talk to Little Dallas. No, How about no, I was just, yeah, I was just Bit saying. Bit was totally Listen, ruined. I'm just saying with, with these savages behind the scenes, you know they're gonna they're gonna cut that up and they're gonna. Play what it kind back. of nuts are those that they put on cinnamon rolls? Is it is it pecans? <laughs> I, th- I think so. 
Yeah, I think so. Raisins. Is it candy? Sometimes raisins, <laughs> pecans. Yeah, raisins, yeah. It depends. Uh, whatever, whatever. I'm really curious as what, to what type of whatever you know. preference nut you have. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what they throw on oh, okay. there. Raisins. Um, what? Yeah, sometimes they use raisins and uh, cinnamon rolls. No, I'm just saying they also add that on as well too. Yeah, I, I know it's not enough. <laughs> Who eats raisins on their cinnamon rolls? You've never heard of c- cinnamon raisins? It's not that I've never heard of that. Do you eat it? Yeah, I've had it before. Oh, never had man. that before? Oh, um, wrong with you never been to Anderson's, off, man. You, Go to Anderson's. You totally ruined my bit, Jonas, and oh, I'm really mad at you okay, for that. Okay, well, I didn't mean to ruin I your am, bit. I was just I saying. I am so mad at you for ruining my bit. I'm ca- I'm ca- I just... I know the guys behind the scenes, and I don't want you to get taken advantage of. Thank That's you. all. You know, just, just pointing that Thank out. You. I apologize. Won't happen again. Sometimes the nuts don't flow as well as they should onto the cinnamon rolls. That's all I was saying. You know, the oh. cinnamons, you know. Okay. Yeah. Listen, fair you enough. Know. My lover balls. Right. <laughs> Thank you, Coach. Um, all right. I'm glad that Berto put those two things together <laughs> like that, you know. All right. So creative. Um, right. So, uh, okay. you, uh, you're, you're, hey, Pac-Man. <laughs> oh. What about me, man? <laughs> colors, colors. Um, all right, oh so uh, Jerry Jones was uh, doing uh, one of his bi-weekly radio hits uh, yeah. with uh, Shannon RJ in Dallas, uh, you know, talking about the Cowboy offense, which has been a little bit up and down. Micah Parsons, as we pointed out, LeVar's guy that he's been telling everybody about, warning people of for months, uh, has been completely dominant. Dak Prescott in the offense, not so much. Uh, so Jerry Jones, in an interview yesterday with Shannon RJ, had this to say in Dallas. I don't want to say that uh, slump, but that's probably fair. It's such a multi-faceted evaluation. But uh, I would say that our offense is definitely away from where we were playing uh, five and six games ago. Is Dak healthy? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. So there it is. Uh, that solves it all. Uh, we are good to go here. Uh, Dak Prescott's healthy. Nothing to see here. Uh, but uh, the Cowboy offense has taken a step back. Uh, is this a permanent step back, or is this team uh, going to get back on track and try and actually help out the defense from time to time? Because they've got a shot, as we pointed out yesterday, at the one seed in the NFC still. A real they shot. They do. They do. Uh, LeVar, do you think Zeke looks like he's lost a step? Uh, I've, I've been saying that. I've been saying he's I, I, lost. I think a step. I've heard you say that before. That, yeah. I, I feel like I'm I'm with you on that. I was watching back some of their game earlier this week, and I was like, "Man, he doesn't have the same type of pop or yeah, explosiveness." I know he's getting yes. up there. Yeah, I know he's getting up there in age, but it's just not quite the same. And and it, there's a star, maybe it's just the stark contrast between when he plays and Pollard plays, and when they have the football. But man, it it, it looks different. And I'm not saying that, that that's one of the reasons why this offense hasn't taken off. But it is. But, but it's, it's, it. it's one of the things I think you start to notice. And mm-hmm. you, you start to say, okay, that's not as quite as explosive as it used to be. Um, you know, Dak hasn't been as consistent as he probably needs to be. You know, they're, they're wide receivers. They've been, missed some games. There's been some times they haven't had everyone, everyone there at full strength. Offensive line has had its issues. They've been missing some guys too. I mean, it's, it's been a combination of things. I do wonder, though, like how much you can put on Kellen Moore. He was, he's kind of been a hot name, you know, great offensive mind. You know, maybe he's hitting a bit of a, a lull or going through a rough patch right now. Um, so it's, it's hard to, you know, put your finger on what exactly it is. But can I just throw this question out? Have we seen enough of Dak Prescott to be able to say, okay, is he better than Baker Mayfield? Is he better than Kirk Cousins? Is he better than. You know, some of these other teams that have quarterbacks in a spot where, like, yeah, Cousins got paid, Dak's gotten paid, Baker, they're trying to figure it out. 
But I don't, I don't know that he's better than Baker. Mm. I mean, Baker's playing banged up right now. So anyone who wants to talk about you know, his lack of production, it's like you kind of got to take it with a grain of salt. I, I don't know that Dak is. I know he's coming off an injury, but he seems healthy now. I, just, I think we've seen enough to kind of know what he is and what he's not. And, and I don't know that he's ever going to get to that stratosphere of where Patrick Mahomes is or Aaron Rodgers is or Tom Brady is. And, and so if that's the case, you've you got to figure out how to build out around him then. Because no matter how much talent he has on offense and what their defense is doing, they still are going to need a little bit extra. Ooh, um, man, is he better than those guys? I mean, there would be people that would debate saying, you know, looking at his winning percentage, looking at the stat lines that he puts up, that he would be considered to be better. Uh, when I look at when I look at Dak and I look at this this Cowboys offense, there's there's one thing that jumps out at me. One is their red zone efficiency. They they have not they have not been as good as they needed to be in the red zone. Um, secondly, I, I just don't see them making explosive plays. Um, you see them make pretty good plays here and there. You saw Amari Cooper come back, make a nice grab. You know, in the game, we see C.D. Lamb emerging as as the undisputed number one big play guy for them. But I just don't see the balance. I don't see the consistency. And I certainly don't see them winning in the red zone when they get to the red zone. And I don't see them producing enough explosive plays. Going back to your original point that you were making, Brady, about Ezekiel Elliott, it's interesting. They they have gotten rushing yards. You know, Zeke has broken 100 yards rushing. Pollard has had tremendous, you know, rushing days. But it doesn't seem to be a a rushing attack that is giving Dak Prescott the ability to have the the open the open windows. I think they would rather make them run the ball and beat beat them their opponents rather than allow for them to throw the ball based upon based upon them trying to stop the run. And I think that there's a a level of comfort and and confidence that hasn't always been there versus the Dallas offensive line. And I think that there's a confidence in being able to stop Ezekiel Elliott or maintain uh, the running attack minimally and and be able to focus more on the passing game. And while I'll say they they are, I, I believe they're like the number two rated offense overall in, in, in the league, which is kind of strange because it's always been stats that have justified making the argument that that Dak Prescott is is an elite quarterback in this league, but I feel like they're hitting stats for some strange reason. Like I can't seem to justify making Dak Prescott that upper echelon's top tier quarterback right now. So I would say he's in that next tier of quarterbacks. And if you say, okay, well, who are in those next tier of quarterbacks that aren't Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers? Uh, you start to ask yourself, like, where do you put Dak Prescott in 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 those ratings? So I, it, I, I don't know. They're they're sixth in rushing in the NFL, so they they've run the ball adequately enough. But I just is is Kellen Moore the play caller because Mike McCarthy is good with it, or because Jerry Jones wants Kellen Moore to be the play caller? Because wasn't Mike McCarthy the play question. caller in Green Bay all those yeah, years? Yeah, but. I mean, wasn't that part of the issue, though, of, like, eventually why he's not there with Aaron anymore? I, I, mean, it, I, I just wonder, when do we get to the I, point to where McCarthy says, all right, I'm going to start to have – and maybe, look, maybe – I, I don't think Kellen Moore is the issue. 
Like, I don't think Kellen Moore's – he really – I don't feel like he has been the issue since he's been there. I mean, I, I just – I was saying, to LeVar's point, like, statistically, anything you're going to look at, especially last year, go look at before Dak got hurt. They were humming on offense. And some of it I was out of necessity because their defense was so bad. But, you know, I don't think he's the issue. I mean, he's, he's regarded in league circles as one of the better offensive minds. He's gotten some head coaching interviews, or at least some sniffs from some teams about, you know, what he could be. So I, I don't look at it and think he's the issue. I think it's one of the reasons why when Mike McCarthy got there, he's probably like, I'm not going to mess with that. It's the defense that's holding them back. But I, I just I think this is now more of like a, a, a player issue thing. And, and we could talk about like a win-loss record. That's not a quarterback stat. That's a team stat. You know, and, and if you want to like use that to justify what, what Dak's been or what he hasn't been, the reality is the NFC East has been awful. It's been awful since he's gotten there. It, it's been competitive, but only from a standpoint that all the teams have been pretty bad. And so it's not like there's you know, been one runaway team that we've seen do much besides the Giants how many years ago? Where they had to you know, fight their way in the playoffs to make a run. Their Philly was that four or five years ago now? Yeah. I mean, outside of like those few instances, it's not like it's been a great division. Right. So I, I just I, I look at what some of the other quarterbacks are playing in those divisions or what they're dealing with. And I think I think it's it's harder football week to week. And I think it's it's you know, I just if you're looking at st- statistically speaking, like you play in a dome, <laughs> like eight of your games, like nine of your games now, it's, you know, depending on the schedule and with 17 games, you're playing in Jerry's world. Like they should be able to put up a lot of good stats when you're playing in that. You don't have that luxury if you're playing in the AFC North. You and, don't have that luxury in other other divisions or, or on other teams. And, and we don't think that the uh, preseason shoulder issue or whatever he was dealing with at the time has popped up at all. Because I know you were saying he was playing the, well early though. Uh, but Brady was making the point that look, this is going to be something that's going to pop up later in the season. Yeah, it'll wear down. I mean, it could be. I, I don't know. I mean, I, it's the same thing. Like you see, if you you watch Dak enough, you start breaking down his throws. There's just times where you see ball placement isn't, you know, isn't isn't great. Like when you compare him to some of the other top passers in the league, it's just it's not there. I'm sorry. Like the stats may be for some of what they can do after the catch and all that, but it, it, it's not the same. It's it's not the same tape you're watching when you see some of these throws other quarterbacks are making. Like the throw Justin Herbert made, the 65 oh, yard God, dime, man. Well, the 65 yard dime that he threw under duress, under pressure, you know. I haven't seen Dak make a throw like that. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying. Or it's even not Stafford. The, I mean, when he put that thing through the dude, that was a trick pass. He put it through the dude's arms to put it in Cup's hands. Like, if we're being real, I mean, I'm just saying, if we're being real, you could see why the Dallas Cowboys might have had hesitance to pay him. Because I think when you're watching him, you're like, yeah, he's good enough, but is he going to be those guys or have that sort of talent? I don't think that's ever going to be the it's case. Been, that's been my discussion point from day one, and that's not a that's not a uh, an indictment or an attack on Dak. That's just no. You got to accept real. what the yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's like you know when you pull up to, the, to that that stoplight, and you got a, you got a Ferrari that pulls up next to you. You're not winning. You're not winning. I mean, like, it's just, you got to be real with yourself. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're going to get from point A point A to point B. Just not as quickly as that car next to you. No, and that's yeah. okay. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. Yeah, listen. Uh, Especially if you've been paid like you're a Ferrari. Oh, yeah, listen. Yeah. I mean. Ne- Negotiation-wise, he's a top three quarterback in the NFL. Well, there you go. You know, that's, that's what matters most. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern.
3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. It is also uh, early signing day, correct? Are we going to start to see big some, uh, yeah, big time day around college football? Uh, somebody in college football made some uh, made some headlines. Uh, Lane Kiffin, the head coach of Ole Miss, uh, was uh, you know having a, you know a brutally honest back and forth and talked about the transfer portal in the world of college football. And um, he had this to say to the media: I think people really say it this way, but let's not make a mistake. I mean, we have free agency in college football. And the kids a lot of times go to where they're going to get paid the most. So no one else is saying that maybe, but, you know, the kids say, this is what I'm getting here for NIL, you know. And so what we really have, it is what it is, you know. Free agency has been created in college football, you know. I can go, except you can't lock people into a contract. You know, they can go at any time. So it's a new world that we're in, you know, and sometimes they want to come to you and say, I'm – I get this much money if I go there. So this is just a whole whole new thing to deal with. So, I mean, listen, uh, sounds like uh, somebody's speaking uh, the truth a little bit there. We uh, just got a, got an issue with Lane, uh, the Lane train uh, blowing you, you through. Wanna, you want to take it first? <laughs> no, you know, I, I want you to because you're a lot closer to it with as much coaching as you do, you know, with these high school kids. So I feel like you've you probably have a great perspective on this and just how it's all going down right now. Uh, I, uh, let me start. Let me start here. If if you are a tremendously valued player, you have always been weighted, measured, and valued that way throughout the history of sport. That has not changed in in that regard. You, they made the movie Blue Chip before you saw the movie The Program and different things like that. You know, he boosters. Got game. He got yeah. game, right? He friends, got game. Yeah. Friends of a friend, friends of yeah. a family, an a uncle. A lot of people make come ups off of the talent mm. of of these guys, but that is a very, very limited amount of people you're speaking on. So while I'll agree with the premise of what Lane was saying, these guys are players are all free agents. They're Every single year. If people aren't aware of this, you should be aware of it. A scholarship kid has to renew his contract for his scholarship every single year. Yes, I said his or her contract. You're signing a yearly contract to get a free education, to get your books paid for, to have a dormitory. All of those things are on a spreadsheet. Every player is on a spreadsheet. So now when you talk about having a transfer portal and you can you can just opt out of, of being out of school where you at one point in time would be punished for, for leaving. You get punished for transferring. And, and that became a large conversation because coaches could leave and didn't have to sit out, but players did. Now you add in the NIL situation. And I ultimately say because the rules aren't, very, very pronounced, and everybody's trying to kind of figure out how to to move through this, free agency at the college level is indeed what it becomes because all of these businesses that are are reliant on their local football teams to to win and have success, that becomes an investment of sorts, right? Like if we can get this great player from this this area to come, to our school and play for our school, then they're going to make our school better. And if our school is better, if our team is winning, 
then that's going to improve the the traffic of people coming here. It's going to improve the economy. So now you have businesses that have a more vested interest in getting involved with these athletes that are either coming out of high school or are already in college. And so it does become almost in a way uh, free agent free agents are are the high profile ones are courted, they're recruited, and they're talked to to come to these these different you know franchises. Like, like what Aaron Rodgers said, look, people are coming here for Aaron Rodgers. They're not coming here right. for Green Bay. So when you look at or you listen to what Elaine Kiffin is saying, a, t- a team like uh, a school like Alabama or a school like Clemson, where you know that the, the investment goes into the, the from the boosters, the donors, the communities, the schools that have that type of support, that gap seemingly may get bigger in terms of of getting talent because now you actually legally in a way can acquire your talent for your school now. So yeah, it is free agency. I think it's free agency too because of the transfer portal. Like those two things work hand in hand where kids are able to leave and jump ship and not be penalized for it. So, and, and look, I think whether or not you think that's right or wrong, that's probably for another conversation debate. But the reality is, and this is just truly what I believe, like we're, we've ventured into a new era in amateur athletics, if you still want to call it that. And now we're, I think, universities who have been making a ton of money for a while working off free labor are now having to deal with the reality that the model has changed the money that they were receiving for marketing purposes and so forth from those companies you talked about or boosters, if you want to throw them into this, that usually went to the university that you'd see those signs put up anywhere else around the stadium and all that. Now it's going towards the player. Now it's being represented by the player promoting that product, good service, whatever the case may be. And, and that's how that model has changed. The university isn't receiving that money anymore. They can't facilitate or directly facilitate these deals. So those same boosters and clubs and universities and schools and all that, they're looking for other avenues to be able to get those players and get them there, but compensate them in a different fashion with name, image, and likeness money. Now, the reality is, though, and I'm, I'm, I'm a believer in this, you know, I think free markets end up figuring themselves out. If you are one of those boosters and you keep giving money to these kids who are coming out of high school and they don't pan out or they jump ship, right, if, if you're, you know, Quinn Ewers, who goes to Ohio State, he's able to take advantage of a loophole where he can leave the state of Texas where he can't make NIL money in the state of Texas because he's still in high school. But if he reclassifies, he can leave, go to Columbus, he can make this money for name, image, and likeness, sit there in Ryan Day's system for a year, practice football and all that, make money, and then bounce right back down to the University of Texas. That's what he did, folks. That's what he did. That's all legal. There's nothing wrong with what he did. But let's not get it twisted. That wasn't a football decision. That was a business decision. Uh-oh. And so that, that's the problem with this model. And then why I'm telling you the name, image, and likeness and the ability for athletes to make money off that is directly linked to the transfer portal. Because if you had made it where Quinn Ewers would have to sit out a year if he wants to transfer, and he loses that year of eligibility, now it changes the dynamic a little bit. Because at, at some point, as much as you want to make decisions – based off name, image, and likeness, those are business decisions. 
they only go so far because what you did in football in high school. You got to eventually play in college. You have to eventually do something. And so, or so for every. You? No, I, I think you do for this reason. Because for every single one of the Quinn Ewers there is out there that's a big hyped up recruit out of high school, whatever, there's going to be enough players that end up not panning out where if I was a guy who was giving money to any of these players for name, image, and likeness deals, I don't want to see them play. I want to see them play at the college level. And so maybe it's a kid that you're getting that's coming from a group of five school. Maybe it's a kid who wants to transfer from one power five program like Spencer Rattler, Austin Stogner, who's already done something. We've already seen them at Oklahoma, who wants to go to South Carolina. And now I got some South Carolina boosters who want to help give those guys some name, image, and like this money. But I'd want to see that product first. So I, I think the model is going to continue to keep evolving and changing where – you know, these, these boosters, these people aren't going to want to pay kids that are not known commodities coming out of high school. Maybe a, you know, some of those recruits, but not all of them. And it'll eventually figure itself out. But, you know, we kind of got off track with, you know, what, what today is. Today is the beginning of that journey. Yeah. You know, today is National Signing Day. It's the early signing period, which that's in and of itself its own topic because they need to, they need to change the date on this thing. And I, and I already think there are people who are looking at it Greg Sankey in particular, the commissioner of the SEC, who said, I told you so. You wouldn't have an early sign-up period December 15th? Guess what? There's going to be some unattended consequences that come along with it. Do you get, would you rather be a recruiter in today's college football climate or 10 years ago? 10 years ago. Yeah. Because it, it was easier. And also, it's way more complex and, now. And and I think there was probably people that you know. And, and look, we no, nobody's naive enough to think that there wasn't you know anybody getting something you know years and years ago when it came to you know come here and uh, we'll take care of this. And and we've seen the stories and people getting busted or caught doing it. But I think there was also maybe some people who were still nah, it's not worth the risk. No, nah, it's you didn't have that many that many sharks in the water. Now it feels like there are so many avenues to where you can. Offer Those a kid something. Was always in the water. It, it, but I don't think there was as many as there are now because now it feels like there are so many people they were who want to get there. But yeah, but I don't think that as many as there are now, meaning, meaning that you've got all these other local businesses, all these other people right. that look at this and go, oh, this is our time to get a little bit of notoriety as well, too. Look, Barstool Sports, the WWE is doing name image like this now with, yeah, with kids all over the country. I don't think that would have existed uh, years ago and that many kids would have been. It wouldn't have. But it could have. And and all of the people that will get active now will get active because they've always been active. I hope y'all understood what I just hit y'all with just now. No, no, I, yeah. I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I do think there's a degree of it that there might have been some people on the fence. Like, I'll put it this way. If you were a sports better or a gambler, you probably had a bookie before it became legalized in your state. Sure. Like, you, like to your point, you were always that guy. You were always like, that like, guy. You were, you were always that guy. But yeah. here's, here's the reality is once it became legalized, there's a lot of people who didn't want to take the risk, who were maybe on the fence, that now are like, hey, I'll start an account. We'll start this up. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I think those people who were on the sidelines, like kind of stepping across the line or maybe dipping their toe in the water, now those people have said, well, it's legal. So I don't need to feel guilty about this. So I don't need to feel like I'm going to get myself in trouble or my company or someone else. And I think you've got companies who understand – social media platforms that some of these kids have, but also how like they can give a merch deal. Like they're giving up merchandise, not even paying real cash. And these kids are willing to hey. sign on for it and help their business. Like that's a powerful thing. Now, you know, 
maybe that was going on back in the past too, but it, it can't be as prevalent because if those kids are receiving merchandise or some sort of good or product, they couldn't advertise it, right? Like they had to yeah. keep it on the low. Yeah. Now these kids are like promoting it. Like, hey, <laughs> well, dude, this is what you need to have. I'm glad you brought up the social media aspect of it because that was what I was going to put to your point of these these businesses want to see the product that they're investing in. Their, their ROI has now shifted to not only on the football field, it's shifted to what their interactions are, their customer acquisition, and that's coming through social media. So while a guy may never pan out, there's there's two times, right? As a, as a coach, this is I've learned this as a, as of late. There are two times a kid is most valuable in their career, and and two two defined times. One is when they're coming out of coming out of high school and they're being recruited. And if you're a four star, if you're a five star, even if you're a three star, your your you have a a value connected to your star rating. There's a there is a monetary value connected to your rating. So now once you go into college, your value is at its highest coming in as that four, five star, three star player. Everybody values that. The the school values it. They put a dollar amount on it. The the businesses, they value it. They know the dollar amount on it. Now, what you do from there will dictate if you're able to hit that second that second time that you're most valuable, which is you become a a legitimate NFL prospect. That means you could be an award winner. That means you're an All-American, you're all-conference, whatever it may be. You have now placed yourself in a position to be that second time most valuable in your career at that level. So you get one time per level, really, basically, in high school, it's your stars. In college, it's your it's your awards and your draft stock, your draft status. And then from there, it doesn't matter. But the bottom line to that is, is that these these companies are looking at real, real customer acquisition, real followership versus non-followers, uh, like AI, artificial intelligence, right? And in that scenario, they are going to look at the value of a high school four-star coming out and having 20,000 followers. Those are real followers versus a guy that, that's in college or, or in the pros that we don't you don't really know what the value is on their followership. But you do know that you can get customer acquisition through the followings of these players out of high school, in college. In pro, and that's where the value is. Like it's all data. Yeah, it's all data. It's all data data. I I just hope that some of these kids have somebody in their ear talking about long term. Because Uh, that's what I do. You know, like a childhood star. uh, Most of us need to be doing it. Yeah. Like, because like a childhood actor. Because you know? some yeah. of these, like, they could be looking at this going, man, I can get this amount now. What am I waiting for? When it's like, okay, hold on. But but there, you got to think big picture. If this yeah. works out, Take there's opportunities. Right now, huh? No, yeah. I'm just saying, uh, well, I'm never mind. Serious. All right, yeah. Yeah. All right, never mind. There, uh, there will right. be someone who makes more money being just a personality and an influencer that was a really, really good football player that that had a projection to be like an all-american going to the pros they'll make more money than a guy that ends up being an all-american and goes top 10 or you know top 20 in the national football league 
just based off of where the current climate and environment is. Look at the Paul brothers. They've made more money as boxers than guys that have been boxing for 20 years. Like just just based on their their followers. I was going to say, but that's what it was based upon. It was based upon the empire, the loyal following that they built on social media. Yep. And that's what people are investing in. Yeah. And that's that's what makes this really dangerous because that's anybody can go out there and get that following. Now it becomes how do I acquire and kids don't even realize it, but it's how do I acquire my clientele, my community, because that's where you do business is within your community. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at six AM Eastern, three AM Pacific. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller, along with my trusty sidekick, David Gascon. Would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, podcast or wherever you get your podcast uh we are going to turn it over to uh petros papadakis the old peeves joining us here on fox yeah. sports radio co-host of the petros and money show fox college football analyst uh petros what's happening sorry Look for the me, uh, shenanigans Batman. you remember hey, you remember that scene oh, come on i'm a home girl danny <laughs> 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 Look at me, man! <laughs> I played that clip for years on my old, old show. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, it is oh, a uh, classic. Uh, yeah, you got to look that one up. What did you think I was, Danny? <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, Petros. Every, did... every all the homies were getting some. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Terrible scene across the street that Duvall's trying to clean up. Yeah. Yeah. And then, the then, then he finds out, uh, you know, he was sharing and, uh, you know, just terrible for everybody Ooh, involved. Yeah. yeah, it's rough. Uh, by the way, did you get to uh, the Whiskey A Go-Go last night, P? I was listening to the show, you and Matt no, Money Smith. I can't get tickets. I don't go to shows anymore. Uh, but I used to go to concert. I used to go to a concert every night, you know, weirdo concerts for freaks, but concerts nonetheless. Uh, one of the first ones I ever went to, I went to see a band called uh, Gossip. Mm. And uh, it was a, a three-piece band with a really, uh, a, 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 a probably like a four foot eleven, two hundred and sixty-pound lead singing girl, mm. and uh, Amazing. Beth Ditto. And uh, I came. I, I went to one of their shows, and I was by myself because I couldn't get anybody to go with me. And uh, I was standing, and like there were like. You know, a lot of dudes with, like, nipple tassels and lederhosens and stuff. Even more amazing. And I was just trying to kind of keep to myself at the bar. And then the show started, and I was standing there, and the girl came on stage dressed like Ricky Lake in a mm. hairspray with the big giant thing. <laughs> you said this was skirt. the Blue Oyster Bar? No, no, it was called the Echo. It's oh, the there. Echo, okay. And then she did a sprint and did a cannonball right onto my face. Oh, wow. Knocked stuck the right landing. Over. Yeah. Sheesh. Stuck the landing. So after that, I kept going to shows. Yes, um, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So cool. uh, I used to really love going to concerts, but I don't. Uh, I'm married now, and I live far away from the city. So, oh, okay. so, so you've had a physical. A you've had a physical altercation with the lead singer of what's the band? Gossip. Uh, Gossip. I, I wouldn't call it a physical mm. altercation. She just dove into the crowd. You know, like she was breaking a wedge oh. on a kickoff back when you could do that. And, and landed right face, on your face. My Who hits? face was the wedge. It was three. Mm. 
you know, tight end types or fullbacks holding hands leading this is important, Pops. Devin Hester through. Were, were you mortified? Were you excited? Or were you confused? Probably all, all three. of those things. All three. Okay. okay. Was this, yeah, was yeah. this before right. or after your run-ins with Ed Orgeron when you guys were buttheads? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you were, you were prepared for all this. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'd been through the wars. I was a retired. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Somebody uh, Peter Gazer. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Peter Gazer here. <laughs> How do I ask you anything serious right at the moment? <laughs> um, I'm a homegirl, Brady. What do you want? Oh, my God. The I've had the whole, I've had the right whole crew running face. a train for years. Oh, my God. <laughs> Choo-choo. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, it's National Signing Day. Thank you, Brady. Thank you. Thank, um, you. Thank you. Thank you. What are she your thoughts? At that taco place in the little brown outfit. <laughs> I, I knew. Oh, no. I knew we were never going to get to anything. Now go ahead, National Signing Day. How does it affect college football? No, no. Uh, I'm, I'm just. I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts on whether or not you like it. Like, I mean, no, I feel like it no. takes away from a a lot of that senior year of high school, last year of high school. I, I guess I should say nowadays. Yeah, I remember we had a guy when a back way back when I was playing. We had one of those early entry guys. And he ended up getting drafted. Uh, Jacob Rogers ended up playing uh, O-line for the Dallas Cowboys. He, we brought him in as a tight end and a punter. <laughs> wow. And uh, I just remember feeling so bad for him. You know, he's this big, goofy guy. And here he is with a bunch of freaking, you know, the kind of the type of dudes that Pac-Man was trying to police. Uh, <laughs> look at me. Oh, no. You know, and it's like, this guy should be at the prom, right? He should be drinking light beer in the back of a van somewhere, you know, in a forest. And uh, you kind of feel for them. But at the same time, you know, when you make football your life and you're a college-bound football player, you make a lot of sacrifices, and I think that's part of it. You know, these guys going into school early, that's that's part of it. I, I admire the guys that, like, kind of stay back and do their thing. But then you get into camp and your head is spinning. And they're trying to install zone and you don't even know what you're looking at. So, I mean, we really hit the NAS button on these kids with college football and the way things work in college football. And because of that, I think everybody's trying to get a leg up on everybody. I think you'll start seeing more of the John David Booty, JT Daniels model. You know, hold the kid back in eighth grade and then send him to college after his junior year. Wow. Wow. Uh, you know, and that – man. Okay, we'll talk about that another time because that is a – you just opened up uh, – that's a Pandora's box of a much bigger conversation, especially with all of these – new schools that are popping up um and you know what i'm talking about those those reclassification schools yeah. uh but like i don't know what grade anybody is anymore, anymore like, right be doing the games they'd be like does he does he have another year left and it's like i don't know he's gonna walk for senior day and then he's gonna transfer somewhere else well, it's like- <laughs> you know what's crazy is it got so real you start seeing kids in high school drinking beers after games and smoking cigarettes it's like hey what's going on it's like hey he's 21 i mean the kid, the kid is legal he, he's allowed to do it and, um and, no i'm joking uh but pops let, let me really. let me ask you about lane kiffin coming out and saying you know the the premium on on free agents is is going to become very interesting and and become prominent in college sports right now. And I would assume you being a guy who's you know 
is a USC type of guy. I mean, you got to think that this gives a guy that comes to coach for this team an opportunity to build his his team up very quickly through the free agency pool, correct? Yeah, it's a two-way street. First of all, that's rich from Kiffin, considering his history. You know, sure, talking about of course. Kids being able to leave. It's like, I don't know how a lot of these coaches stand up there and say stuff like that with a straight face. Yeah, because he knows. And two, kids aren't really that quick to leave. I mean, we see the transfer portal. We see a lot of movement because they can, and it's a very unique time because of what happened with COVID and the eligibility is spinning out of control, like we said. But not everybody's just ready to leave. <laughs> you know what I mean? You guys know what it's like to be playing at a college. It's not exactly uh, the most convenient thing in the world to be like, okay, you know what? I'm taking this this whole thing to Colorado State. Yeah. <laughs> I know? almost transferred. I know yeah. that. I thought about it. I think everybody has had a moment well, th- where yeah. they thought about transferring. Thinking about it and calling the mover – you know, it's two different deals. For <laughs> telling your parents and the whole thing. You know, I mean, that's it's it's different. But I, I agree with you. You know, I, I think that uh, it is a quick fix for a lot of people. But you also have to be careful. You can bring in two or three or four guys that are really never going to become you. You know, they're never yeah. going to assimilate into what you're doing. And that can be a big risk. You know, we've seen people make mistakes with who they've brought in. And if you bring in too many mistakes, all of a sudden you have a culture problem on your team. So these guys are going to have to be uh, uh, cautious about how they do things. But there's no doubt that it is a really interesting time. I mean, if you think about just how quickly things have changed, in August, Spencer Rattler and Keaton Slovis were both going to the NFL at the end of the year. They were both in the Heisman conversation. They both had these giant NIL deals. We couldn't stop talking about them. And they both got – one got run off by Lincoln Riley this week. One got benched by Lincoln Riley during the season. And now they're both in the portal, and the NFL is not in the immediate future. So life comes at you fast, (laughs) you know. Uh, And uh, it's never been moving faster in college football, I guess. Do you think college football is in a better place now than what it was when you were playing? In some ways, yeah. The players are way more protected. You know, that we can't they can't just do three a days like they used to with us. And they can't they, I mean seriously. You, you, you didn't know, like they, those? You didn't like those Petros? No. A continental <laughs> breakfast? What, yeah, what did those what, and helmet for for dessert. What did those yeah. look like? What did the three days look like? What was the schedule? Continental schedule? breakfast. Uh, you you the little up, cereal and the They plastic get you up at five and you yogurt. Have a continental breakfast. Yeah. Some bagels Which and no some one coffee. really knew what that was. Right. It was basically an apple. <laughs> I love it. And uh, then you uh, go bang you it go out. out in helmets and uh, jerseys and uh, shorts and work individual work and get a good lather for about an hour and ten. Then you go back and put on full pads and do a full practice where that adds a 50-play run drill to it. And then you go have lunch. You get a 30-minute nap. Yeah, whatever. Take your 20-minute nap, which is worse than sleeping at all. Get back into meetings. Uh, back into the meetings. Don't and fall then asleep back. in the meeting room uh-huh. while you watch the film. Even though it's all hot and dark. And go back and do the same process all over again. Same practice, and then back to meetings till 10 o'clock, uh, and then go back. And, and oh, yeah, and, uh, make sure you get your homework done, by the way. You know? No, no, we don't, we're do not we not in school yet. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Unless oh. you try to get eligible, LeVar. Oh, well, yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> He's still working with the clearinghouse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that happens a lot of times. Oh, yeah. No, uh-huh. So all that language, I mean, we're all very used to that. So they used to be able to do that to us, you know, uh, and a 50-play run drill. Mm. And that's – I mean, they still do it at Alabama. That's why they're good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, – Yeah. But uh, they can't really do that to you anymore. And as a guy who calls games, you know, and called games through – back when you could peel back block on anybody and knock anybody's face clean off and you would just go out and say during the week that our goal is to knock the quarterback out of the game like that kind of stuff when I was first calling games has given way to targeting and and all of those different things and that transition though it has been painful and sometimes you see a targeting call and they kick a kid out of a game and you're just you just hate yourself for for being involved in it but uh, we are safer with the way we hit each other. I mean, there's no – there really is no way around that. That's the truth. So that's a good thing, too. Uh, so I, I guess it's in a better place, and there's more money being made. But we still got to find a way for the schools to compensate the players. Having Billy Bob's grain elevator down the, <laughs> the, the road paying the running back at Arkansas is not – it does not solve the problem. And the breathless, lovely coverage of that – all summer, like, oh, this is great. Oh, it changed the world. Wow. It's like, no, no. The colleges are making billions. They need to compensate the people at risk that are playing the revenue sports. And until we figure that out, we're not going to be in that great a place. Got to change Title IX, man. Can that's, they, that's, can they that's stop? The I wonder who would say that. Can they stop you from being able to do an NIL deal based off, like, what if it was like a, an adult entertainment place that wanted to offer a deal for you to support their venue? Well, like who? I don't know. Like Montana? Te- te- the answer is technically they're not supposed to accept those sorts of deals, but there's no hard writing. Like there used to be um, language that prohibited schools, obviously, for taking money from – I think it's kind of like a syntax, right? Like okay. porn, alcohol, tobacco, those sorts of things. Uh, who knows if that changes, though? But that technically, I think, is how they view it. Look okay. at that. You introduced the Notre Dame coach, and you all of a sudden, man, you got the rule book in your head like Pereira. <laughs> He's on his way. He's on his way there. He's going to leave us. You're an administrator, Brady. You're going to be like <laughs> Jonas, no, Jonas has no, already no, started. No. He's been plugging his Saturday dip. So yeah. Brady's going to end up going to Notre Dame and being the AD. Wow. Y'all thinking coach, he's going to be the AD. Is that breaking news yeah, that yeah. Uh, Brady's going to be the next uh, AD? If, if you I haven't been it, to I'm class sorry. in three weeks and we're very concerned, I could see that. <laughs> Come yeah, Brady Mr. would be Quinn's a dope-ass AD. No, no, I'm not trying to hold you on national uh, are radio. You sure, are you sure, Petros, I wouldn't be more like Mike Bonarino? You don't even know. You don't even know. I, I see you as kind of a hybrid between Hold on, them. dude. Give me a little more Bonarino. Yeah, yeah, give, give, give some me, Bonarino. I, I, just, I see you as Dean Wormer and Principal no, Skinner. No, give me a Mike Bone. <laughs> You don't even know how great this guy is, Lincoln Riley. You don't even know. You guys don't even look around. See the recruiting of the big red signing day today. I stand up by the fax machine with Lincoln Riley. You don't even know. <laughs> but now, now, Jonas, now your guy. What, what's your guy again? Harry Carey. Oh, Harry. Harry Carey. Now, now, can we do Bonarino with Carey? Can we match the two up? What about jukebox? This might be the dopest <laughs> moment in radio history right now. Two on, two out. <laughs> Deuces are wild here in the second. Bonarino is up to bat. You know, Bonarino spelled backwards is not a rubber ball. Hi. Ground ball, they're out of the inning.
that You're it? No! <laughs> <laughs> How much fun is this Linga Riley guy? Right, right here? <gasps> oh, man. Oh, I can't uh, get him on Twitter at the old P. <laughs> I don't know what we accomplished today, but uh, it was fun. This is me, too, man. <laughs> This is me too, man. By the way, how old is that movie? 30 years? Got to be 30 years old. That was way older than that. Old enough for uh, Sean Penn to throw Damon Wayans on a grill. Oh, man. Yes. yes. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Do you remember the name of the gang? The one that had uh, Mario Lopez and uh, the white guy from Can't Buy Me Love, Kenneth? (laughs) No. What was it? 21st Street Crips, eh? Oh, that's Two right. And, and that was where they were up on the hill, uh, where they were. Two getting, one, you know, oh, essay. Two one. So good. Oh. So good. I can't laugh anymore. <laughs> I have no more. I have no more energy to laugh. All right, uh, Petros. We'll do it again next week. <laughs> There he is. Uh, I'm a homegirl, Jonah. Oh, my God. <laughs> the great Petros This is Papadakis. me, too. Look, man, we never know where the hell it's going to go. It just goes. It just does oh, its own man. thing. It's got a life of its own. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 